<laughs> Sorry, y'all. I was I was on the lap of a white man. It was comfortable, and I, I lost track of time. I what happened. I was like, is she? Yeah, maybe. I don't no, know no, not saying. in a sexy way. What? I mean, like it was sexy. But... Santa, Santa Claus. <laughs> yeah. Sorry, I'm late. What's God, your it's very black of you. It's okay. Thank you. <laughs> You're welcome. Yeah. All right. Well. <laughs> the official second episode of Blackcast. Wow. Yeah. Um, tonight, uh, whatever day it is, someday, well, a couple of days from, are we, wait, is the inauguration like tomorrow? I don't even know. I'm just going to say it. I don't actually know when that happened. Yeah, I think What's it's tomorrow. What's the date? It's the 20th. What's today? 19th. Yeah, it's tomorrow. Oh, because my dad texted and he was like, uh, Trump can sleep in the White House, but he got to get out in the morning. I was like, okay. (laughs) 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 That's funny. Foolishness. Um, Yeah. So. Really? uh, Yeah. Yeah. Inauguration day. Should be tomorrow. It's also Martin Luther King's actual birthday. Actual birthday. Is that right? Oh, wow. Yeah, okay. I don't know for sure, but maybe. That's right. Because Martin Luther King Day was Monday, but his actual right. birthday is tomorrow, I think. Yeah. So mm-hmm. it's pretty appropriate that we're doing our podcast between those two days. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, we knew. We knew this was intentional, you know? Right. We got a whole, <laughs> we got a whole plan. Mm-hmm. It's it's God's plan. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. Uh huh. Uh yeah. So, <laughs> your face for I'm just kind of I'm just I'm just rolling with it. <laughs> yeah, that's all we can do, man. That's all we can do. Uh yeah. So it felt like it might just be kind of cool to like uh talk about our stories and like I don't know, just like just talk just talk a little bit and we can talk to each other and talk about um just a little bit about like your previous life i'm a little upset that uh matt sherman's camera quality looks really good and right what yeah, is it's, that? it's pissed me off a little bit it looks good yeah, yeah. you look like you're in hd <laughs> and shit right <laughs> and then we're all in like i don't know what don't mine's know. fuzzy oh. Yeah, mine's Are you on your her computer? Yeah, I'm on my phone. I'm on my phone. Yeah. He's computer. on his phone. Jason's on, on his phone. phone. I think phones have, yeah. phones have better cameras or something. That's I don't know. Uh, that's actually true. The phone the phone camera will be better than the, the shitty webcam camera and our computers. So I'm mad. I, couldn't, I can't it's tell all, from here. You know, it's all good. We're good. just going to rip the audio anyway. Um, yeah, we're just going to take the audio anyway. Okay, okay. And uh, put it up on Spotify. There you go. Oh, cool. So, hmm? go. What you say? He just said, "Cool, cool. Let's go, girl." Oh, okay, 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 okay. Go, go, I ain't go, here, go, go. man. I'm just trying to say, I ain't here. I ain't here. So, what you can do, Marissa Lynn Ward, is start. <laughs> Damn. Okay. Yeah. Uh, what you got to say about be about what? About your life and your story and your blackness, girl. Oh God, uh, <laughs> that's a loaded. It's loaded. a lot, but there's like one. There's, there's. I'm sure there was one point that popped up when there's one point. All right, so let's see. I think the thing I have always found most interesting about my story has been the fact that I am mixed race and very much grew up with that identity. Um, So I, I'm Italian and black. My mom's Italian. My dad's black. I grew up with both parents in a two family home uh, or a two parent home household. And um, I, I, I don't even really know how to describe this part, but like, like I know a lot of mixed kids who they either like grew up with one parent or they grew up like 
looking so much like one side that that's just mm -hmm. kind of the side they lean towards and identified with. Mm -hmm. And and the way mm -hmm. I ended up the way, well, the way I ended up leaning um, for most of my life made no sense because I leaned towards being Italian and white and this kind of like obsession with whiteness, even though by the looks of me, I don't look very white. If you just glanced at me and knew nothing about, you know, mixed race anything, you would just assume I'm a black woman. That's how I look. Um, and I grew up very close to both of my parents and I grew up with both of my parents. So there, there was no reason for me to lean towards white other than something internal, some point where I decided like that would be better, you know, or that would be like, like more uh, beneficial to my life in some way. Like life would be easier. I, I always had this idea that being white was just easier. Hmm. And I was constantly looking for ways to make my life easier. I was like, they spend less time on their hair. They're more universally accepted as beautiful and attractive. They uh, don't seem to have so much stigma around their identity or who they are or what people think of them. Like, like there was just this constant, um, like <laughs> the way I've come to describe it, which is a really uh, a way that triggers a lot of people and people find incredibly offensive as I found out in my college race and racism in US history course. But I'm more or less the, was the archetype of the tragic mulatta. Oh, yeah. like, you know, the mixed race woman who desperately tried to pass as white to have some sense of status and ease in the world. Um, and that that is honestly how I spent most of my not very long life. It, it hasn't, it wasn't until really like the last five to eight years that I've had any actual um, desire or willingness to explore my black identity even though it's always been a part of me like mm -hmm. always been there not something I was cut off from but something I chose to try to cut myself off from and so this this idea of being black in my experience as a black woman is still oddly new to me mm -hmm. um it's something that I was in deep denial about until like like seven or eight years ago I truly would just try to pass for dark-skinned Sicilian and would just, would just ride on that for as long as, and I did all of it. I did the straight hair and the light colored contacts and you wear certain clothes, you listen to certain music, you, you, you play the part you're trying to get cast as, you know? And, and I, I could easily say I spent a good um, 20 to 25 years of my life really going hard at that day in, day out. Um, and I think what what changed for me, I'm I'm less clear on this part. Even when I was writing my story, I was like, I don't, I can't pinpoint this transition. But I think, you know, overall, what changed for me was, um, I I something in me just started to question my beliefs. Where I was like, what if, what if being black is not inherently bad like what like I just like like stopped enough to just question like what if this isn't true it's possible that I have misinformed myself for this long like there was just an opening where I questioned it and then I was like well let's find out and the more I explored it the more I was like wow that none, none of that is true none of the stuff that I took on and you know let imprint on me none of it is true about my experience like about the black experience it's actually this incredibly beautiful powerful um like intense dark deep rich part of me that I just did not have access to for the longest time and it was in that opening that I started to redefine and understand blackness for myself Did, did anyone ever believe you that you were black Italian? I wondered that too sometimes. <laughs> say say what you mean. I think I know what you mean, and then I have an answer. But uh, just like I mean, just like did anyone believe that I was just full Italian? Yeah. 
No, no way. In fact, <laughs> I would get into almost fist fights with people who would say I was lying about being Italian at all, which I took, I was personally offended by that because mm. I was just like, like I was just, the way I went off, they were like, oh, maybe she is Italian. <laughs> like I just would fucking lose it. I would lose <laughs> my damn mind. And, I, and I'm like, so like close with my mom that I was like, just personally offended by the insult that I would not be recognized as this, as this thing that means so much to me. I'd be like, how fucking dare you? You don't get to fucking tell me what I am and what I'm not. You don't know me. You don't know my mother. You don't know my mother's maiden last name. I was just like, I would just lose my mind. But I, I would never try to say I'm not black. I wasn't in that much denial. I, would, I was always very proud to say I was mixed race. I was like, it, I was like, oh my God, it's so cool. It's so special. I'm so exotic. Like, like I was always crazy proud of that, but I would emphasize being Italian. And then people would argue with me about how I don't look white at all. And I'm probably not Italian. And then I would just lose my mind. <laughs> like that. That makes sense. That's awesome. When I was, when I was away uh, for uh, this, this winter break, um, I was hanging out there was this uh this husband and wife came over to my friend's house and we were cooking dinner and they um the woman was from Puerto Rico and Finland like that's her heritage oh wow and she it was so crazy to just like listen to her like dismiss the Puerto Rican side of her hmm. and how she was just like she just kept coming back to like, oh, I'm, I'm finished, you know, like I'm finished. And it was just so, I, I'd never really thought until we started doing this, how pervasive that dismissal is mm -hmm. of sort of not being, you know, white or I guess European or um, of like anything that's not, you know, the, the kind of the hierarchy or the patriarchy you know, the top of it is being some sort of white. And I guess the, the nor more north you go, maybe the better. I don't know. Because <laughs> Italians, I think, are kind of the, the blacks of Europe. I don't know. Right, There's, especially Sicilians. Yeah. Sicilians, yeah. Well, does, she, the does she know how, like, I'm, I'm just going to say it, but does she know how, like, generally batshit crazy the Finns are? <laughs> I mean, you'd death, hope so. Death I don't, metal death metal oh like that because they're just that, rageful and they're yeah all that control and yeah i don't know but it was anyways it was like it was just that i i just kept listening to her like try to like get rid of the puerto rican side of her she was telling me who she was and i kept bringing it back there and she didn't want to go there yeah what can you do that's funny that's making me think like i hadn't finished writing but like as I wrote my story, I realized how much I went in the opposite direction of trying to prove like I was black mm. because I grew up with like straight hair and like everybody light skinned in my family except for like one cousin and my father or something like that. <laughs> and like, right. And everybody's, oh, you're mixed, this and that. And I just remember like, and like all my friends growing up, I was skateboarding, I was BMXing. Mm -hmm. I lived in a neighborhood with like all older white people and mm -hmm. like my parents. And then, and but they looked out, they looked out for us. I didn't mm -hmm. like experience like racism that I knew of mm -hmm. back then. Like they looked out for my parents. They, I went over to their house for Bible study. I might've heard them say like colored Mm. once or twice but not not in like an offensive way it was just right. from their generation in that period like that was the that was the polite phrasing for black yeah. folks. right exactly and they would be like yeah saying something polite They're like yeah this nice colored girl or something oh like God. that and right. i just remember like yeah just like not having any issue with it and just like my <laughs> i don't know if this is racist or not but i'm gonna say just like my white trash friends in the neighborhood, so that's what was in the, the neighborhood. It was like my family, old white folks, and then like young uh, 
white trash <laughs> renters in the neighborhood. <laughs> and that's why I'm out skateboard, skateboarding, like running around on train tracks, breaking stuff. Like mm. they were just like that. And uh, so like growing up, I just remember like my mom's family being like the Huxtables, you know, just like members of all these different societies and having dinner parties. And like, I didn't see the racism. I just saw like, well, well-to-do black folks mm-hmm. that were also much like me, straight haired and light skinned and all of this. And like, I remember in, I think it might've been high school. That's when I first started like recognizing racism. And like some of it was, I think because of the culture at the time, like music was take music was like conscious. It was conscious hip hop. They were talking about the issues. So you had like Public Enemy mm. and uh, NWA. NWA was talking about fuck the police. Public Enemy was talking about how 911 was a joke and they mm. won't come to black neighborhoods. And so I was like getting all this information, whether I had experienced it or not. Mm. And I was like, yeah, 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 yeah. I'm, this is my movement. <laughs> yeah, I'm mad to too. X-Clan. <laughs> I'm mad too. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm behind this. X Clan was like the Black Watch movement, and we were like wearing red, black, and green uh, patches on our clothes. And then, like, Malcolm X came out, and we were all wearing Malcolm X hats. And uh, so, there was just like a it was fun to be black, like, you wanted to be, you wanted to be, and you wanted to be into justice, and you wanted to Mm -hmm. be into like all of that. It was like a part of the young culture at the time. And I just remember a lot of the leaders of that being like me, being like the light skin, even like the Black Panthers <laughs> that we would like follow. It was just like, I wonder if they had the same thing where they were going extra hard to be black, like mm-hmm. having to really prove themselves and that they really cared and that they were really looking out for their people. But I, I, I didn't have my first like racist like encounter until like that time in high school. And I just remember getting kicked out of a shopping mall and being told like, they were like, didn't we tell you not to come back here anymore? And we were just like, well, hello. We're like, no, you never talked to me before. I've never seen you. And that started this whole like waterfall of uh, parents talking to each other and finding out that all of their kids were being told that. And, mm. and then they tried to stop the school bus. I mean, the, the city bus to the black side of town that would bring the kids to the mall. Cause that's what kids do. Like they go to right. the mall on the weekend. The that's when they out. hang out. Parents mm-hmm. drop them off. My parents dropped us off. That's, you know, we have like a safe place to go and hang out. Right. But uh, they started giving us like ultimatums. Like you need to have a shopping bag in your hand in 10 minutes or you're in trouble, you know? And then next thing you know, some of the kids from the other side of town who weren't taking any shit started fighting with the police. And then you had like mobs at the mall and then it turned into mm-hmm. a whole thing. Yeah. And so I, that's when I got into like my first protest and we started boycotting. Like we got, I got with the the people from the black bookstore in town. We all rallied at the black bookstore <laughs> and went out there boycott signs, boycott Crabtree, boycott. Cr- yep, yeah, we had a black bookstore called Freedom Books. Wow. And so it was like all these Nation of Islam members. That's wild. <laughs> and we like Nation of Islam members and like uh, community folks. And yeah, it was, that became fun too. It was just like, wow. And then that's when I started seeing like people drive by us while we were picking and yelling nigger out the car. Mm. I was like, oh, oh yeah. And they're like, that was, but that was <laughs> oh, like yeah. my first time actually experiencing it. <laughs> and there was like a, there was like a KKK hotline you could call and hear them just talking shit. <laughs> and it was like a joke, but it, it was like, it existed. That's yeah, so it, was, it was so ridiculous. <laughs> so ridiculous. But I wasn't exposed to any of that until like this moment. So like, it kind of went with the times. It was like, and I don't know if that's what people hit at a certain age. You start to actually realize that, or, or because you're more out, outside of your neighborhoods and out in public that you actually start to experience some of that. But I think it depends. Yeah, that was. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure. You and I you and I have slightly different time periods, not like crazy far off, but a little different. And all the racism I encountered was at a pretty young age and like in my white ass neighborhood. Um, 
sometimes by my own mm. family members. Right. Yeah. Uh, so yeah. I think it really depends. <laughs> and then the further out in the world I went, the less that started happening. Mm. It was almost mm. like in that bubble, mm -hmm. I felt the most vigilant mm. about my race. And then the further out I went and the more diverse places got, the uh, the less it mattered or the the like people just didn't have as strong of those views and I was always braced for it but it never happened so it was actually the close to home in my hometown mm. where things were pretty white mm. very white mm. very white that I that I experienced <laughs> the most direct kind of insults in terms of my race mm. yeah yeah that's so interesting. And then I just carried the black flag for as long as I can remember, just like doing black things. I put down skateboarding because they told me that wasn't black. Yeah. Told me the way I dressed wasn't black. Started wearing Cosby sweaters and oh my wash jeans. You went there though? <laughs> <laughs> you went to fucking Cooch's what was it? <laughs> <laughs> you yeah. know, it's like you know, the skulls okay. and crossbones weren't, weren't the thing. And I just, I did it as long as I could. And I just remember like, when I like was doing this event, it was like a really black event in town. That's when I met this white woman and like what, fell in love. And I was like, the, I don't know. And it was black. all over. <laughs> What's a really black event? Genuine question. I didn't experience it. Really? So I, I want to know oh, what that means. Oh, what the, it was just very Afrocentric. It was, it was well for one. It was like mostly majority black folks there, but then it would be like you know it was like the head rap crews and the dreadlock crews, mm. African drumming, wow. jazz bands, poetry like that. Love Jones kind of like like mm. slam poetry. So kind of like bougie um, black though. No, no, these Not were like bougie? like bohemian. Bohemian, Bo okay. Bohemian black. Folk. Well, so yeah. where I'm from, yeah, that would have no. been bougie, though. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I see that. yeah. yeah, yeah. Like, like vegans, vegans, and like, yeah. yeah, 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 for sure. Yeah. <laughs> okay, now go back, go back to falling in love with a white woman and losing your black card. Go back. Then, go. Yeah. So yeah. <laughs> it happens to the best and, of like, my and put my black card like on like I don't know what. I, I, nobody took it from me, but I think I was like, do I still have the right to own it? <laughs> like, do I, like, can I have, can I have this card now? I'm not sure if I'm allowed to have this. Mm. And uh, I think instead I kind of hid her more than I hid my card. Mm. And it was like a, it was like a tricky, it was a wake up call. It was definitely like, and still waking up. <laughs> like, can I talk about black things if I, have a white partner mm. you know does that disqualify me or are they gonna just be like once they find that out like oh he can't talk about anything he doesn't even like a black woman you know mm. wow so there's like that's what came up when thinking about like black box and like being able to go out into the world and and speak mm. on black culture and speak on a black experience even though that's part of the black experience i know that right. like someone try to discredit that right mm. That's so funny. I I remember someone kind of confronting my dad in a similar way. I don't even remember the exact situation mm -hmm. or like I asked him about it or something. And like, I literally, it was something along the lines of like, you know, your black card was revoked when you married mom. And he was like, I'm going to be honest, Marissa. I don't know that I ever had a black card. I don't know. I don't know that I ever, wow. I don't know that that was ever something I had. Like, you know, because he also he also just had a certain kind of experience that was, mm -hmm. you know, growing up in a white neighborhood in Long Island, like for sure he's black, he's very dark skinned. He was always treated like a black man, whatever that means to you and where you live and where you're from. Mm -hmm. But um, he, he definitely did not ever feel super connected to the quote unquote black experience. Like if these are the things in a box that make you black, my dad, did very few right. things in that box, you know? So mm -hmm. it's interesting. I wonder what people mean when they say the black experience. Cause right? I mean, I get, I get like, you know, like maybe like some common sense of struggle or like, you know, you're sitting in a room or like, 
you you're just like like you're kind of looking at around the room and like looking for like an eye that kind of gets what you're thinking or mm. like this is a little these people are like kind of full of it you know it's, it's definitely the feeling i i guess i have sometimes where i'll be like in an all-white setting and i'll just be like ah, i don't know how I feel about this but um <laughs> but i mean maybe other than that it's like I, I i mean there's 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 some black people that i have no i i do not have the any similar same gr- growing up with experience at all i had a childhood friend who you know by senior year in high school he had I think four kids Damn. and um you know it was like wow on parole and you know just that that route you know mm. where you know you're 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 you know living in the project housing and um and we like grew up together, but then we, we went totally different directions. And and I know like I I definitely went a route where I tried to and then I started thinking about it. I definitely went a route a route where I tried to like kind of make up for whatever I was experiencing by like just trying to make money or like just trying to be like you know, like fit in with American culture of like being a professional, like a lawyer or a doctor. Mm-hmm. And um, and then just like skate over the whole issue altogether of like what I look like. Like, hey, I make money and I'm a lawyer. Like, that's all you need to know, you know? Mm-hmm. And um, my dad, I mean, that's kind of what he did in a certain way. Not to say that his purpose wasn't to be a doctor or anything like that, but he definitely has like a, uh, like a, because he, he's he's adapted the way he like talks and speaks to people in a way that's very like professorial you know like mm. he's a he's an intellectual mm. and I don't know if that's a I think that to a degree that's him but then I think to a degree it's a it's a way that you know I too like learned to fit in you know with expectations of, of certain rooms so you know, maybe that's the black experience is like kind of you're you're like damned if you do fit in and you're like damned if you don't fit in. Uh, but then like, who are you? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I think that's a good question. What is the black experience? Yeah. I mean, it's, it's like our, my friend that was on our meditation call the other day. Mm. She's like, well, I go backpacking and cycling she's like oh but right. i live in berkeley you know so maybe that's not the norm but there's probably a i think as we know black folks do some of everything right but what is it that right. people call the black I mean, experience the best formula one driver is a black british dude like <laughs> we right. don't i mean i look i wanted to do that when i was a kid but like the, the amount of money that takes to it's very rare that anybody of color to begin with like it's it's rich south americans and rich uh european people and that's pretty much it you know um so for for something like that to occur i don't know we we wanted to be a formula one driver Hmm? yeah lewis hamilton or did i want to be one i said you wanted to be you wanted to be one yeah I used to watch. I used to watch that's, Formula One when I was a kid all the time. But that's I that, see that. That would be. That's all the random shit that I would do, and people would be like, "You are, uh, you're, you feel like you're black on the outside, but white on the inside." And it's like, no, motherfucker, I just have an open mind. Mm-hmm. Oh man, is. I've gotten that. I've gotten that. I'll punch. I'll punch you. Oreo. <laughs> oh no, Oreo. My first. Right? My first AOL screen name was Crazy Little Oreo. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god me and my mom <laughs> thought it was cute no i didn't know that was an offensive thing the same way i thought mulata was a pretty way to say mixed i didn't know that was an offensive term until i got to college and people were like you are out your damn mind you can't say that here i was like why not i don't understand <laughs> but, um, oh wow 
I was like, I am mulatta. It's a pretty thing. And they were like, no, it's not. And I was like, but, but what's, what's messed up is for something that brought me so much joy, I guess is a way of saying like for, for something that I like loved and felt good to me for so long, it only took a couple of black folk to look at me sideways enough that it, it had me doubt everything I thought you know what I mean like right like it was it was enough to kind of like scare me into like oh I must be wrong and like mm. this is the result of being you know raised by like a, a naive white woman and a whitewashed black dad like mm. and, and then I just had all these terrible thoughts about something that I had no issue with prior until right. other people had an issue with it right yeah. yeah i don't know man i don't know i don't know um yeah it gets it gets a little it can get a little rough like um i don't know i i for me like i feel like i was just i was just stubborn i don't know um and what i what i kind of mean by that is like uh you know, like there's a certain, there was a certain way at least where I was, but I know that like, I know this is, this was a commonality in, in other places, but like the spot where it's like, oh, if you're smart, if you're like, if you're smart in a certain way, if you talk in a certain way, like my mom would irritate the crap out of me about how I spoke because I spoke like my family and my family would be like, get get out it was like we're from the south so you're like ain't I, I ain't doing that i'm not doing that like i'm not gonna go to the store like that and she was like it's not get it's get it's it's not ain't it isn't and i was like you don't even speak like this what are you doing <laughs> but <laughs> but she drilled that out of me in a certain way like like for real drilled that out of me um to where you know i when i when i moved away and i like i lived in new orleans like people would comment I mean New Orleans has its own little patois too which is I think is gorgeous um and anyone from who lives in the ninth ward to any some old white people who live in the garden district actually kind of sound pretty much alike it's hard to tell who is who um but I would have people like people like oh my god you speak the king's English you know what the hell are you talking about but they weren't <laughs> they weren't you know but, but I, but I, like, I heard the undertone of like, oh, you actually speak in a kind of proper way that we're not used to for a black person. Mm -hmm. And I was like, I'm, I'm actually just not going to take this. I'm just not going to take this and I'm just going to, whatever. Thank you. You know, does this get me a job? Sure. Great. Um, but it was like that, that certain point where, you know, it was, you think differently or you you have different views. When I was little, you watch VH1. Yeah, I watch VH1. I don't even know if BET was up yet, but like I'm, but I also listen to like uh, 98.3 R&B all day. Like there's just a balance. I just had like, uh, there was just more, more to me than what was, what I was surrounded by. And at the same time, I just wasn't, I also just wasn't around like a lot of um, a lot of white people growing up in my like in my immediate vicinity all the time. And yet most of the people like a lot of a few of the people who were really close to me were also white. So it was like, a I don't know, it was a weird like my first best friend was this white girl. Mm -hmm. And uh, and then she moved away to be with the other white people. Um, <laughs> uh yeah like neighbors and like you know my I, I I I don't know I think I'm still in some kind of grief around Lenny and Sam the elderly neighbors back there I don't I just didn't feel that initially or something but every time I think about it now I kind of want to cry well I used to hang out with all white people I'm like six years old hanging out with all white people you know but then the the rest of the time mm -hmm. I was just with black people all the time so to me, you could say you feel white on the inside and black on the out, and you can just keep saying, "I don't give a shit." Like I am who I am, and I'm, I'm, I know, I'm pretty sure I'm black. I'm just not. 
I just think maybe I just think differently than you. I don't know. Was that the experience all of you had in terms of like, like growing up or for long periods and majority of your lives, were you in mostly black spaces, like, like spaces filled with mostly black people? I was for a lot of, I was for a lot of it until I like uh, left home. Like we would go seek out white spaces or, to, or to like, like infiltrate. Formative years. Yeah. I was mostly, it was mostly black. What about you, Jason? Um, I mean, my family's all black, but then I was definitely pushed to go to like a white school. Mm-hmm. So I, I, no, I mean, it was, I would say, yeah, my day-to-day experience was mostly white and then my family was black, but my family was like, always except my dad's side of the family was always like like kind of the the elitist black people like the mm-hmm. uh like jack and jill i don't know if you guys know about mm-hmm. there's all these like that was my family too black groups you <laughs> know for like kind of the there's there's between black people and then like black professionals <laughs> and mm-hmm. and like and that the whole black professional crew is a whole different crew. My dad's kind of interesting in the way because he's a black professional and he has a whole different ethos on what black means. And it's very tied to the civil rights movement for him mm-hmm. versus kind of like having a nice car, or even though he does have a nice car and all that. Like, but it's a lot more like he says hi to black people when they're walking down the street. Mm-hmm. That's what I learned to do. Mm-hmm. You know, he calls sister or brother or whatever. He, mm-hmm. he, and it's very... That's kind of his his sense of blackness. If we're kind of going back to that, mm. is his is very much rooted in like a a common struggle through civil rights. Mm. Wow. What about you, Matt? Um, not until high school. I think once I was able to start like choosing my friends and neighborhood and driving and going to like different you were places mostly in white spaces until then yeah 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 i'd say so yeah that's when i was like skateboarding my best friends were white and i'd go spend the night over white folks house mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah when i think back about it mostly yeah until they told me i was a disgrace to the black race that was the black people that told me that though. Who told you that? <laughs> a girl in middle school because I was wearing my skateboarder clothes, my like skulls and crossbones. Wow. And duct tape on my shoes. You know, everything was skulls and crossbones. She was like, You're a disgrace. Wow. Were <laughs> you I like that from you're that like eleven. What did you do? <laughs> what, what about it? What'd you say, Jason? I said I, I I remember that type of like that where where like you're in that period of life where that that's what you're looking at to decide like what's what you know right and like mm-hmm. if you're wearing like Vans shoes and then yeah exactly you know it's like it's it's too confusing man you're right. confusing people <laughs> mm-hmm. like nobody in my I neighborhood does that. that. I liked confusing people. Right. <laughs> I never thought about it that way, though. Yeah. I would confuse people on purpose. I literally went out of my way to confuse people. Wow. Like, like I didn't like skateboarding, but I made my dad buy me one. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I, I kind of enjoyed hip hop because I like to dance, but I refused to like let anyone know I actually enjoyed it. And, and a lot of it I couldn't necessarily relate to because the things they talked about were not things I ever experienced, you know? But I liked how it sounded and I like how my body moved to it, but I didn't want anyone to see that I liked that because then that would make me more black than I'm trying to be. Uh, and I would wear, <laughs> you know, Abercrombie and Fitch yeah. and, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. just confuse, just confuse mm-hmm. people by all means, you know, like, mm-hmm. And then I would have this like really long, beautiful, flowing, pin curled hair. And the, like, you know, the question no one wants to ask, but like, 
you get a white girl drunk enough and she'll be like, is that your real hair? And you're, and I'm just like, yes, mm. it is my real hair. And mm. she's like, wow. Mm. <laughs> wow. <laughs> you know, like I just yeah, I really to... enjoyed confusing people. <laughs> I used to have to be like, yeah, I'm black. There's all kinds of black people. We come in all types. Right? Like, Are you sure you're not Hawaiian? Y'all don't see my, wow. Don't see my, uh, you do look like uh, You do look Moana-ish. My, my child here. <laughs> but yeah. So I, yeah, I was like, I'm black, damn it. Searching <laughs> Africa for different countries who have people that look like me. Oh my God. <laughs> We're from Senegal. <laughs> there is something to all this where it's like, I mean, I get you know, I'm starting to get the perspective of why someone would be mad at, you know, at, at, an, at an Oreo. Like, mm. it's almost like, so if I'm bought in, which at some point in my life, I know I've been bought in. Not necessarily I'm trying to be white, but I'm trying to get the privileges of mm. yes. that, mm-hmm. you know? Yes. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's like, it if if and if i'm relating to someone and they're not relating to me as you know like they're they can be present with me because and you can feel that you know like you can't i can't i don't have any value to them because they're looking for like a white association or they're looking for mm-hmm. you know trying to 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 raise themselves through the hierarchy of of you know that's I guess in many ways, I don't know if it's white per se, kind of like we were talking about, like, well, is J. Edgar Hoover really going after MLK because he's black or is it like something about him disturbing the control mm-hmm. structure, yes. you know? Yeah. And it's like, if I'm, if I'm trying to go up the control structure, like that shit's annoying, you know? <laughs> you know those, I've, just- I've been that person. And it's obnoxious, you know, when you meet people like that. And how? why do we see that as a privilege? That's the I thing I can't wrap my head around now. <laughs> I don't I don't get it now either, but I know when I was in it. Yeah. You know, and like, and I didn't even know I was in it, you know? Yeah. But I was trying to be almost like Courtney's saying with like, you're trying to, you know, talk right and like mm-hmm. dress right and fit in and and you're just, you're, you're, I mean, you're, I guess you're winning a game, but you're not winning mm-hmm. being you, you know? Right. Exactly. Right. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I that's think. That's what I would have to tell. Go ahead. No, I was just going to say, I was, like, if there's something I had to tell people, there's this guy in Brooklyn who used to have this brand called Very Black. And it was just, he put it on everything. It was like a sticker. It was on everything. Very black, very black. And it would be on things that weren't like traditionally black too, which uh, it just hit me. I was like, if I had anything I could do, it would be like the brand everything very black to let people know that like you can do this too. Mm. Sounds like you got a project, bro. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was going to say the... um when I told a little bit of my story earlier and I was like, oh, I, I don't know exactly what shifted, like what had that internal shift that had me like stop and question, like is being black as bad as I've been telling myself it is or not? Mm-hmm. Um, I think part of that opening occurred when I started to see through the smoke screen that quote unquote acting or or passing as more white was a privilege. Hmm. Like that, I, I think it was like, I started to see and understand that those things, that behavior, me, me acting that way, me having to have my hair pinned straight or having to, only shop at certain stores or pretend there was music I didn't like. Like, like I started to see the truth that like none of those things are a privilege. Those things are actually mm. limiting me and my expression. There's no privilege to be found there. 
-hmm. and and it the only the my my mind just got so hooked on privilege as a you know if I meet certain requirements then I'll be able to have a good life you know and and these Mm -hmm. are the requirements to passing as white enough to have a good life like like that just started to totally break down and be dismantled that um none of those things are are a privilege at all all of those things are just different cages just different types of of imprisonment where i don't actually feel expressed and i don't actually know myself i just know some sort of well put together identity that I then called Marissa, but very little of it was actually Marissa. Mm-hmm. And that that illusion being broken through was, it set off a whole bunch of other things. <laughs> like it, it had a, a, what's it called? Like a domino effect. You know, I watched that one thing get knocked down and then everything else in my identity got knocked down with it. I was like, do I actually like white men? I don't know. Was I was I was I chasing after white men because I thought it was a source of power and that I had to li- like live off of them and feed on them to have any sort of power or status in the world? Or do I actually like white men? Am I actually attracted to them? Or was I just totally using them? Like it just had everything else knocked down, you know? Like it it was yeah. it was wild to watch it all crumble after being so well constructed. That's I like that. When I still wonder that sometimes, if I'm being honest, I'm like, I don't like, do I actually like white women? Mm. Or like, I'm almost at a, I'm, I'm, I'm like at a place now where I'm like, um, where I feel, I guess I feel like satisfied in that particular, like, I've hit my preference over and over and over again enough. I'm actually I'm just kind of like I don't I don't really care in a certain way like I'm not obsessed with it I guess Mm -hmm. but I'm like why did I have that in the first place I mean it is in one way it's like people who kind of look like my mom but on the other hand it's like there is like a a white thing to it Mm. And, and and I'm like is this like I mean, it doesn't make my life better, you know, by getting that, like, mm-hmm. you know? Right. And so, like, where, and then I'm like, well, can I just, like, what the only thing that seems to feel good at this point is, like, just me being able to, like, be me, mm-hmm. not necessarily have that thing that kind of looks like, I feel like it should look like, and mm-hmm. I don't, I don't know, I don't have the answer, but it's, I, I'm, I'm even having those dominoes falling now, Marissa. <laughs> Where it's like, I don't even, like, why do I kind of go after the people I go after? Mm-hmm. Well, Sherman has an interesting theory about uh, inter, uh, interracial relationships. Why are you looking like you don't know? Which one? The, uh, the electricity. The one. electricity of it? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, just that. Well, I think it's the thing that most people just won't acknowledge. They just are like, oh, yeah, you know, I just, I love them for their soul. And, and we just happen to be black and white. And, but there's for sure, the thing that I think we don't admit is like the electricity and the polarity and the like, mm-hmm. the taboo of it and the like, yeah. also the history of it being, one, the taboo, like there's electricity there. There's like, a, I mean, there's just so many layers of it. There's like the history of it being legal and like pushing through that. There's, we want to go even darker. There's like, there's hate on both sides. There's fear on both sides. I think that plays into the electricity of it too. And, you know, <laughs> I think people have to like, I don't, you don't have to do anything, but I think there's some something to acknowledging that is also going on there potentially. Mm-hmm. I like that. Yeah. I think it's, I mean, growing up mm-hmm. with interracial parents who not only in race, but in every possible way are polar opposites. My mom is loud and aggressive. My dad is <laughs> quiet and 
very friendly and kind of keeps to himself. But if you do engage, <laughs> incredibly friendly and kind of soft spoken and just like congenial. My mom's kind of like, you can love me or you could hate me. What do I fucking care? You know, like they're just so opposite. But with the sweetest and, heart. Yeah, heart of gold, like for yeah. sure. And so she's that piece she's intense, sense. you know, and so <laughs> they're they're very different and and there was always electricity like it didn't matter if they were fighting or getting mm -hmm. along like there was always <laughs> that feeling of like constant right. friction and rubbing like constant just constant i didn't i didn't mm -hmm. understand how they kept doing it and i think it was more natural than i than i could realize then like it was just kind of there i mean one of the mm. coolest things that i have discovered in my blackness has been when I shattered that illusion of like like who you know who really has the power like mm. like I thought all the power was in being white and having privilege mm. and status and then once I saw like the real power and how it came from like darkness and your ability to have any sort of resilience and your ability to be rooted in your body and comfortable with your sex and sexuality. Like once I started redefining power, I was like, huh, I have a lot of that. Mm. And then, and then shit just became fun. I, and then, then I found out Jason, I do actually like white dudes because mm. once there wasn't any kind of payoff. And if I saw, I saw of anything, I was the sugar mama. I still enjoyed that shit. Mm. I was like, yeah, baby, mm. come get you some power. <laughs> yeah, baby, I'm happy to, I'm happy to draw that out of you. Like nice. you want to be in your body? You want to, you want to feel loose? Okay. We could do that. We could do that. Like, like then it just became a totally different game. And, and then I was like, oh no, I actually, <laughs> I actually do like this. There is actually electricity there and it is, it is fun, you know, but I, I had to take that layer of, total just I don't even know what to call it uh, I, illusions the best word I had that that layer of illusion had to go for me to see what was really there and then see like okay with what's really there is there still electricity and is it real and then I knew it was real yeah. that's super hot that's interesting. right yeah yeah more on and that yeah. on a future episode that is a that's a whole other episode i i you know i mean honestly i don't even think uh eh. i haven't quite like i haven't i i'm starting to understand that now and you are actually one of the one of the reasons why i why i am like kind of watching you in a certain way um mine has always been it hasn't been the uh i'm just gonna say like the hot power mama it's been more like the the uh the absorbing grandma is the one <laughs> is the one that I've always kind of had that one I understood real well it was just like come on baby whatever come on you know I was it was just I was take it in and uh yeah I mean and I, I don't know like I don't I don't I didn't learn to play with that for it took a while uh but yeah that's like I don't know that could that could probably have been taboo in a certain way that I didn't I never I didn't quite get to explore maybe I actually might be exploring that right now let me let me if I think about that really in my current relationship um <laughs> but yeah that's super hot I hadn't I'd never I'd never thought about that before until maybe like a year or two ago yeah mine's yeah. also a recent discovery but yeah it, it was a good one yeah yeah paying off dividends right i'm black <laughs> and i'm a woman i'm clear where the power is right i have no right. doubts about that now right yeah um yeah and i think it was like it, and it's kind of often like framed in a different way like um like there's a there's a strong black woman archetype but but a lot of that is like not in the it's like how much can she endure you know uh or and that's just most of the way that I've I've seen it. Like, how much can she endure? Like, how much can she take on? How many people can she take care of? You know, that's mm. not her self. Um, but it's never looking at the underneath of that. Of like, do you know how much fuck? Like, how much actual power it takes to like do all of that, and then you know, hopefully not go into some sort of victim space about it. Yeah. 
I wonder if it's because it's like it makes me think like what is what is power what is privilege and um almost like why does why do I guess it kind of gets back to kind of Bible phrase of like the meek shall inherit the earth Mm -hmm. where it's like all right, so if you're you're an oppressed group, you don't have shit. You don't have money. You don't have property. You don't have prestige. And so you're kind of developing a comfort with like, I guess the energies, you know, like, hmm. and maybe and sex is definitely part of that. Like you develop, you're not you you don't have the properness. <laughs> the restrictions of the properness to, you know, and so you go into sexuality, like Martin Luther King, apparently, you know? Mm. And, and so you're, you're, you develop a relationship with the energies that are actually powering life, uh, mm. you know, like freestyle or uh, anger or sadness. And, and, and you're, you're really, you're expressing yourself. Like that's all power. Mm-hmm. And but with privilege, you're you're trying to you're so busy trying to keep what you got that if you act a certain way, you you I think the game there is like if you act well enough, then you get to keep or you get more of that thing. Versus if you don't have if you don't have it in the first place, and you don't have access to it then you have to develop a relationship with a whole different system mm. of, of life. And, um, and I've always, I kind of, I've wondered that cause it's like, you know, growing up, like I was just, you know, frankly, I was like more talented in, in a lot of things than, you know, number you know, most white people. And it was like, it just wasn't, I always wondered like why, you know, or like, They'd be like, you're so tired. Be like, I'm just doing me, you know? Mm. Um, yeah, but it just makes me think that's kind of how it lines up with Eros in a certain way. Is that, yeah, if you don't have those golden handcuffs, so to speak, like you get, you, you have to, you develop a relationship with those things that we, we do with, in this community. Makes sense to me. Sure, I'm about to pass out. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys want to wrap it up here? Yeah. All right. I'm excited All right. for our next episode. Yeah, I was just um. Martin Luther King apparently also dated a white woman. I just wanted to say that. What? Well, <laughs> I don't know if we uh, did we call it dating. <laughs> apparently, apparently, he was banging out a couple white chicks. I don't know. I refer um, to pretty much anyone I've banged as dating, so. Fair enough. I'm just, I look, call it what you want. I'm just saying, do we, is that what, is that what he called it? We go by what he called it. Well, he's not around for me to ask him. This is true. This is true. We don't know. We'll never know. He says they were in love. Where are you, you getting this from? <laughs> right? Channeling. He's channeling. No, she, no, no, no. She, she's a, she has a whole book. Oh, was that the um, the senator, the the senate chick, the Kentucky senate chick? No. Well, she can say whatever. It's not what she said. It's what he said. It's the seminary days when he was in seminary school. That's all. Neither here nor there. Oh, but he dropped. He dropped her because he was just like, I don't have plans on marrying a white woman. That's not my future, according to her. Yeah. Anyway, sorry. I was thinking that when you were talking. You brought up. Sometimes it'd be like that. Is Martin Luther King a mandingo? We don't know. My I guess, don't know. Probably though. My guess is quite possibly. May, he might not even been like. He might have been He was laying pipe all over the country. He, he was probably an energetic mandingo. <laughs> well, we're gonna, gonna save, we're gonna have to save something for <laughs> for the next episode here. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. All right, friends. All right. All right. Well, we'll Signing off. All right.
Loved it, man. I, I think our sign off line should be it's good to be black. It is, it's good to be black. Look at my hair. <laughs> yeah, we're black. Jason, we're black. Can that be our sign off? That can be our sign off. Sherman got no hair. Yeah, yeah. All right. I started the dreads, Matt, by the way. You used to have dreads. But oh, that I see you. Okay. That's what you're doing. Yeah. That's what you're doing. I'll, post a, I'll post a picture of my Hawaiian hair. Oh, I think <laughs> I've seen this. All right. <laughs> Prepare yourself. All right, y'all. Good All night. Right. Peace out, homie. Night. One love. What kind of forever? Exactly.